Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rap Diablo, yeah, yeah. It's the Rap Diablo, macho when I drop flows. Welcome back to Friends with My Ex-Wife's Husband, an NBA Draft Podcast. I am your host, Joe Foti, coming to you from Los Angeles. My co-host, Austin Hackney, joins us from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. How are we doing, King? Uh, doing good, man. I'm actually in a new remote spot for the month, uh, just doing some more draft uh, analyzing of these players. Actually, the Hornets called me in. Uh, to take a look at some of their prospects, such as Shaden Sharp, Mark Williams, and I've uh, I've been actually uh, doing a lot of stuff for them. So I'm actually in Charlotte today. Nice, man. Yeah, I heard you and MJ uh, are real real good pals from your tequila club. Oh, yeah. We, we down those fuckers. <laughs> that was the funniest thing with the last dance was that the entire time. MJ, and I'm not sure it was for advertising purposes or if he just wanted to get drunk, had a full glass of like $2,000 tequila right by his side throughout the interview. And it was just, it was like, and Ravel was tweeting about how it was like the most expensive tequila on the market or some shit. I was like, I'm smoking that long ass cigar, cigarillo thing. Yeah, it was like, it's like a fucking water tower. It was insane. No, yeah. Uh, we're right. cool. What'd you say? I said, we're, yeah, we're cool. We're cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. So today we're going to talk about some draft props that we've seen. We're nine days out as of taping. This will probably come out tomorrow, so eight days out. Um, getting close here. Pretty exciting. Um, uh, we have seen on a few of the legal sites uh, some interesting numbers. Uh, we're going to run through those for you guys and kind of explain why we like them um, and why we should be taking advantage of these right away. Uh, Austin, do you want to want to start with a couple that you might like and, and kind of go from there? Um, so yeah, we, we can start. Um, I think honestly, throw your money on Jabari. I mean, I think, uh, first and foremost, we'll get him out of the way. I, I think it's, I think it's a done, done deal as far as him getting picked. Uh, but, um, you know, at most of the sites have kind of been seen around the minus one thirty. I know we were just talking about minus one fifteen. Um, I think the odds are getting a little bit worse, but I, I still think that he goes number one without a doubt. It's what it, the things that I'm seeing, uh, at least from the, the Twitter sphere. So I would probably put a little bit of coin on him to still go first. Um, I don't think that there's going to be a huge shakeup there at the top with him. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, and I say this is somebody who took – Chet two to one to go first a few weeks back. Nothing is enough. No one worth their salt has come off Jabari at one. Um, it's not a lock, but at the same time, uh, points bet right now has a minus 110 to go first, and I think that's an excellent price. Um, I would put this more at like a minus 250 for Jabari if I had to price it out. And again, remember with these markets that they're not really going off of Intel, they're getting them more going off of just. You know, same thing we're going off of is Twitter and things like that. I think they just saw, saw Jabari as too inflated, but I think they're overcorrecting a little bit here. Right now, like I said, minus 110 on points bet. If you get anything under minus 150, I, I would probably bet that with Jabari. Um, so I'm with you on, on Jabari at number one. Uh, I think that, that it was, as of a few days ago, minus like 500 or something. Uh, you were getting crazy, crazy juice on that. So now that you're back down uh, to, you know, a, a very reasonable price here. Uh, I would jump on it. Um, I also, to that point, like Chet at number two, uh, he's on points bet minus 105, actually. If Jabari goes one, I'd be very, very surprised if Chet wasn't the second pick. Um, and the, the price is a little bit better if you want to just take Chet, although OKC's, you know, kind of unpredictable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that those those top two guys, just based on the people – the two mock drafts came out today, one from Jonathan Gavoni, one from uh, Jonathan Wasserman, both very plugged in guys had that as their one two. you know, similar language, not a lock, but everyone see, expects that to be the case. Um, so, you know, uh, we've talked about it on our podcast before from what we've heard. That's the same thing. Um, so, yeah, Jabari one, Chet two. Uh, and then if you can get an exacto of those two and Palo third, I think I said that last podcast too, 
probably get it plus money right now. Um, hammer, absolutely hammer. I, I haven't seen it anywhere, but those come out a little bit closer to the draft. After the finals end, you'll start seeing these props trickle out a lot more, especially between Monday and Thursday of draft week. No, no doubt. No doubt. Um, just kind of rolling through some of them. Um, <clears throat> I think another one as far as here in the top five is that number four Kings pick. I mean, obviously, you know, they're probably going to take Ty Ty Washington or some shit there. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think the plus money for Keegan Murray is still a good play as far as to uh, just sprinkle, just a little, a little sprinkle on uh on on keegan for them to pick him now do i think that they possibly i mean they can still possibly obviously trade out a lot of stuff to saying jade and ivy but i'm like we've talked about the kings are um one of a kind and that's the nice those are nice words for them uh, as far as drafting so i think on this this points bet site plus 225 uh, just throw a little 50 spot on them or something. Um, yeah. I think it was a solid, solid sound, at least somewhat of a flyer bet. Yeah, I got plus 260 for Keegan on FanDuel here at four, and I like that a lot too. I got up six, six to one the other day, actually. <laughs> a little bit of a shame we didn't do it then. Um, today that report, the mock draft came out, I think it was from Wasserman, <laughs> where he mentioned that uh, Vivek was on board with Keegan Murray, and we know Vivek, uh, obviously as an owner, has a lot of sway but has been very much known to overtake that process in the past. Um, if, if Keegan's his guy at four, then and they keep that pick, they're probably, I feel pretty confident that they're going to take him. Um, again, nothing's a lock, especially with the Kings. So I wouldn't go crazy on this one, but I think almost three to one here on a guy that, that I would say is the favorite if the Kings stay at four to, to be their guy. Yeah, remember the Kings, A, have two guards uh, on the roster already. Um, B, uh, need a, a, a kind of a forward power forward to, to pair with Sabonis. And we talked about Murray being a good fit there uh, and see you're looking to win. Now Murray's more of a win now piece uh, in terms of, you know, um, by win now, of course, that means win 32 games for the Kings. Um, so yeah, I like, I like Keegan Murray as well. I'm with you. FanDuel has the best price on him right now, but obviously shop around. Uh, if you have an offshore site, obviously, you know, check that one out too. Um, so yeah, definitely. And I think that line's only getting it worse, honestly. So um, unless there is some rumor, I mean, it's the Kings are difficult to nail down anyway. But unless there's some rumor, I think it's I think Keegan at four um, is a nice bet. Which I, which also I will say leads me to my next one. If you're a little bit more like, hey, it's the Kings, I don't want to just risk a single player on them. Jaden Ivy over four and a half is two to one right now on points bet. I like that quite a bit. If you'd rather just take yourself out of the Kings randomness, because you know they could take Dyson Daniels, they could take Matherin, they could take. Shaden Sharp, who the hell knows? Or, or if one of those top three fall for some reason. Right. Um, two to one for Ivy, the really only spot for him to go is four. I know some people have been saying, okay, so he likes him a lot. I get that. He's not going second. Presti is not going to, to take him second. I'd be very surprised. <laughs> if you really are scared of that, he's 40 to one on points bet to go second. If you want to spend <laughs> 10 bucks on it. But I, I wouldn't even waste your time. I think Ivy over four and a half at, at two to one if you want to be a little bit more conservative with that Kings uh, bet is also really nice. Uh, so yeah, I'm a big fan of that one as well. So, so far we got Jabari uh, at one, Chet at two, Keegan four. If you want to put a thousand dollars on Palo to go three, you probably are going to win that bet, but you're not going to make a whole lot of money. Then Ivy over to four and a half is nice too. Uh, what, what else, uh, what else caught your eye? Um, I, I actually like the plus money for over seven and a half for Shade and Sharp. So Interesting. Plus one oh five, plus one ten. I think for me, um the surgeon the surging uh I guess rumors and not even really rumors, but uh likeliness of Benedict Matherin to move up has kind of been huge over the past week. And teams have been loving him in the interview process. They've uh, He's had some good workouts. I think he's done some three-on-three stuff. Uh, and the dude has been standing out. And so I, I really think that he pops into that uh, six or seven range and is a lock. 
And I'm still on the train that Dyson Daniels is going to go around seven. I, I think seven is the spot for him. Uh, so I kind of like Sharp to uh, kind of slide a little bit, as well as I think people are going to be a little bit scared of, um, you know, uh, obviously not having much tape on them. I think that's going to keep coming up. Uh, and and I, I saw something just briefly as far as his workouts were kind of meh. They've been they've been kind of average as far as for these team workouts. Um, you know, he was just in Charlotte today, and I saw him, and he was hmm. he was he was average. So uh, interesting. But I yeah, I actually I had to go down there on the court. I had to run some drills with him, and I had to You're show still him. Sweating, kinda, I can see it. I I had to show him kind of uh, how it's done, and so uh, you know that's why it took so long for for me to. You showed to, Shaden Sharp how it's done in the basketball setting. I did, yes, uh, yeah, in Spectrum Arena with yeah. Michael Jordan present. So Michael Jordan kind of done it. He's all time. Probably the best basketball no, of all time. No, he was drinking tequila, okay. so he was pretty uh, Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um, no, I'm with you. I think five, him going fifth is a little bit of a concern for me if if Ivy were to go fourth. But they've been, you know, tied in to – Detroit has a lot with um, Keegan Murray, Dyson Daniels, Matherin as well. Um, I think at plus money, it's nice. I'm with you. I mean, both Wasserman and Gavoni had Matherin going sixth today. <clears throat> Dyson Daniels seventh uh, seems to be a very popular kind of pick. Um, so I'm with you. I think plus money over seven and a half for a guy that, you know, is very easy to talk yourself out of. I should say probably as easy as anyone in this top 10. Um, yeah. I, I like that quite a bit. Um, I have two random points bet ones on, around Jeremy Sochan. Sochan, excuse me. I have Sochan to go up before Mark Williams at minus 150. And I have Sochan under 11 and a half at plus money, minus plus 110. I think Sochan going out of Mark Williams is pretty close to a lock. He's been rising up boards. He's a wing. He does everything well. His jumpers hasn't come along, aside from his jumper. Um, also, I like that – I like – it kind of coincides with A.J. Griffin slipping because of medical concerns that, I, that, that we're reading about. Um, and Mark Williams is a guy that, that, again, we're high on, but I think seeing him go in the, t- in the lottery is a little bit tricky. Uh, meanwhile, Sochan's pretty close to a top 10 lock based on what we've read. Um, so, you know, you got to think that tops, that top eight, uh, those top eight guys, I think he's right at that ninth or 10th spot with Johnny Davis in terms of where he's going to go. Um, I could definitely see him going eighth, ninth, um, even seventh. If, if, if the Blazers are really wing, wing dependent and Matherin goes and they're not super impressed with sharp. So yeah, I think, I think him, I think minus minus one fifty. I know people hate taking, you know, favorites, but it's a really good line. I think this should be closer to minus 300. Uh, and then the 11, under 11 and a half uh, plus money is really strong too. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of those search on props. I don't think the books have caught up to where he's going to go yet. No, I, I like that a lot. I, yeah. I think, uh, I think anywhere from the eight to 10 range, and especially if a team might even trade up to try to, I don't know if they'd be trading up to try to get him or not, but um, you know, a couple of those teams that could trade out um, as well, like the Spurs or, or the Wizards. So we'll see. I think he's either a Spur or a Wizard if he's going to go uh, in the top 10. Um, so I, I, I think that I think that's a, a good bet. Yeah. I think it's safe, especially with Mark Williams. I, I think Mark, you know, we've, we've talked about Mark Williams a lot as far as how high we like him. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think I, I think it is uh, plausible to say that Sochan is going to go before him, and Mark Williams will probably find himself at the end of the lottery or going into fifteenth type range. He's definitely a top fifteen uh, lock, I think. But um, the other, the one thing that scares me though is Jalen Duran. For some reason, I think if. Uh, it, for some reason that scares me with Jeremy Shohan as far as having him, if he somehow gets moved up in the top 10, uh, then I think it'll be tough, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what, what those, uh, those late um, eight, nine and 10 picks, what they think uh, uh, next week. Yeah. 
No, I, it, that no, I'm with you. I think I think uh, Wasserman had him ninth, which was a little bit crazy to me, uh, especially for the Spurs team already has Pirtle. Um, I feel it weird they would spend the top ten pick on a backup center, but um, you know, or a guy they just gave an extension to make him a backup center. They also signed Zach Collins to a pretty big contract last year. Not saying that that's going to impact any draft decisions in the top ten, but now you're paying guys seven and a half million to be your third center year one, ideally. So I'm not totally, I'm not so sure about that one. Um, but no, I'm with you. Uh, one one thing to look out for here: AJ Griffin has been plummeting uh, because mm-hmm. of medical concerns. Right now, the books are kind of protecting themselves on this. Right now, is ten and a half over as minus two hundred. I would still probably take that's on points bet. I would still probably take that. I know it's a lot of money, but if you put a hundred on twenty fifty, that's that's it's looking lock-ish right now just because of the injury concerns. And honestly, 10.5 is probably where he was going to go before the, these these medical concerns. Wasserman said, I think, a week ago, he doesn't see him getting past the Knicks, and then today walked that back and was like, yeah, no, I, actually, I could see him getting to 11 or, or, or beyond that pretty easily. Uh, you know, So he kind of has updated it based on his own intel. So I will say too, just to kind of not to redo a mock draft here, but the Intel-based mock kind of suggests it's it's Jabari Chet, Paolo, Keegan, Ivy, Matherin, Dyson, um, and then probably, you know, then you've got your sharp, so chance, Johnny Davis, Jalen Duran's types, right? So that's kind of like the range you want to be looking for these guys in. <laughs> that just seems to be where where everyone's going. Um, which to to kind of build on that. Mark Williams, not in that group. Right now, you can get him over 12 and a half, uh, just under minus 200. I, I have a hard time seeing him go earlier than, than, than 13. Um, I, I, again, laying a little bit of wood here, but again, that, and that's on points bet, but I, I like it quite a bit. Um, so yeah, Mark Williams over 12 and a half. Sorry to bounce around a little bit, but I like that one quite a bit too. So, um, yeah. No, some of these guys are getting a little bit overrated by the books, and I think if you're willing to to, to put a little bit of extra money down, you're going to profit in the end. What do you think about that one? Uh, yeah, no, I like the uh, – yeah, I see that one right here, that uh, minus 191. Yeah, I think um, – I, I don't see him, especially with those teams at the end there that would be uh, buying for a center. The only one is possibly the Spurs. For me, that will go after one. I guess the Knicks as well, um, but that just they they seem so connected to to Durham for some reason, as far as what we've been seeing on Twitter, mocks, and everything. So, and they're the Knicks, so we'll, we'll see if they most likely will screw it up or trade up for Durham for no reason. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, I think that's a pretty I think that's a pretty safe bet as far as Mark Williams. And his is really, I think, I mean, you could make a case from 9 to 15, pick 9 to 15, but I think it's really only 11 to 15. And then that's even taking out Cleveland at 14 because they're not going to, they're not going to take him. So. Right. And who, kinda, now I'm kind of a nice buffer. OKC is at 12. I don't <laughs> think they're going to take, I don't think they're going to take Mark Williams. No. Anyway. Especially if they know, take Chet. Yeah, if they take Chet, there's no need for them to to grab him. So, um, I I think there's a good enough buffer, and it's actually not a bad number as far as vague, uh, to go ahead and, and pounce on it. So, yeah, I like that one a lot. Cool. Um, do you have any other? Uh, I have a handful more here. Just but, you know, we'll kind of keep bouncing back and forth. Yeah, the um, we we talked off. Off podcast about uh, Usman Jang. He's he's he was going lower than expected, and now for some reason he's kind of flying up boards again. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of funny to see his trajectory um, and with these teams and what they think of him because obviously he's not good at basketball. We 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 have the stats to show it, uh, but uh, now now they think that that was probably just a fluke. Yeah. And they're looking at his tape and saying, man, you know, he's, he's pretty fluid getting to the basket, even though he missed a lot, he looks pretty good doing it. So, yeah. uh, his, uh, his number. And I kind of hate this is, and it kind of 
messes with the, the VIG a lot is uh, under 13 and a half at 170. Um, so I like it. I would, I would put some money on it. I don't absolutely love it and say you got to run to the computer and put it in. But under 13 and a half, you got to think Spurs, I think are definitely in play. Um, I, I think really Spurs, probably not Washington. Oh, see, uh, I think Washington could take them. They, I, lo- they love uh, their like moldable balls of clay wins. Yeah. That's the only thing that they they might like. They might say, "Hey, we already have four of these guys. Let's add one more." Um, <laughs> none of them, none of those have worked. The Knicks, yeah, and the Knicks and OKC and even Charlotte. Honestly, uh, I could see them kind of uh, sweeping in there for him if they keep that pick. So, uh, you know, I really like those tail ends uh, there at the late lottery to really take an eye on him. Yeah, no, I actually have a dang prop as well if you're looking for a little bit better number a little more risk i'd say but i i do like this one quite a bit uh DraftKings has a basically matchup prop so who goes first uh and you can get dang minus 135 to go ahead of a baji from kansas um I, i'd be a little bit surprised if a team took but i think with baji's like ceiling is probably 13 or 14 whereas i think dang ceiling is like nine um I think minus 135 is way too low. I, I, I'd be very surprised if, if Obaji went first. You know, it's not like he's – it's not like a Davion Mitchell situation where he's not only older but has an elite trait. He's a good, not great shooter. You know, I think if Kansas didn't win the title last year, he'd probably be a guy that's in the 20s. I think teams are going to kind of look at, you know, his body of work and say, yeah, well, you know, he's a little bit older or whatever. Um, teams really value youth. They value length. They value upside. Um, Dang has a lot has a lot of it. I think minus one thirty five is a really low number. I think the odds of him going over at Baji are very very good, and I don't think this represents that adequately. So um, I like yours as well. Um, I think there's a little less risk with yours. It's just a matter of you know, are you a gambler or do you want want the sure thing? Um, so I feel good about yours as well. So yeah, we're we're both very high on him in terms of where he's going to go. No doubt. Uh, what else? Uh, what are the ones you said you liked? Actually, I think my favorite bet randomly uh, that I have left here is Kennedy Chandler over 24 and a half. If you look at the history of undersized point guards in the draft, they fall. Tyler Eulis, Sharif Cooper last year, and they fall hard. You know, it's these guys where it's like everyone likes them. No one has anything negative to say about them in terms of their ability, but their size. I mean, Kennedy Chandler's six foot in shoes, you know. There's a lot of really intriguing prospects before him. He's not even really a plug-and-play backup center, backup point guard. If you want that guy, Ty Ty Washington's probably a better option there. Uh, Or even Dalen Terry, if you're you're looking in that direction. I think Kenny Chandler going in the top 25 would absolutely floor me. It really would. Um, And right now, uh, the over is minus 155. But again, like I said, I I haven't seen him mocked inside the top 25 anywhere. Um, I think he's a top 25 prospect, I think some people would say, but you know, it's a position where he can only, similar to, to a Duran where he can only play one position, right? And it's it's not a high, it's not as replacement level as center is, but like backup point guard, like you can find those guys under the mid level every year on in free agency, just like a backup center. Um, I have a hard time believing Chandler's going to go very high. Uh, no upside really in, in a guy that's small. I hate to say it. So yeah, twenty four and a half. You got to also understand the the teams that are in the twenties. Even the late teens in some cases are very smart generally, and they typically have a little bit more kind of, you know, I'm trying to think of how to say this. They don't they don't go for the low upside prospects quite as often. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a three and D wing, uh, but that's not the case here with Chandler. So yeah, I, I think Chandler is 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 oh, Tyus Jones is another one. I was thinking of another backup point guard type that went pretty late. So yeah, no. Kenny Chandler over 24 and a half, I like. So with you talking about Tyus Jones, that's my only probably um, team that I think would be possibly interested in him as far as a replacement for Tyus Jones with Memphis at 22. Um, no, I'm going to say to that, sorry, I'm going to cut you off. No, no, um, you go ahead. Is that they also have a pick at 29. And if they feel good about him being there at 29, because I'm with you. I think they, they will probably look at a backup point guard 
so they don't have to, to you know they don't have to pay Tyus going forward because it wouldn't make sense to pay two. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that they would take it at twenty-two. Uh, there's still going to be some interesting wings on the board at that time. I think they might go that. Direction. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm with you. That was the team I was thinking about too when I was looking at this bet. The only reason that I I thought you know kind of went against that is because of that 29th pick that they had too. Yeah, they're the only team that I I think would would give that a scare. Um, so uh, you know, I, I don't think Denver doesn't value small little guards like that. Um, you know, and then even uh, I think Memphis can even look more towards a bigger guy, bigger wing, somebody that uh, you know. Walker Kessler, or uh, if you know, like a EJ Liddell is still there, those type of players, uh, instead of uh, uh, instead of a smaller guard like Chandler, but they they would be the only team that would scare me about that. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I have two more Sochan ones, ironically, <clears throat> uh, so I might be too high on him. But I'll just rattle those off real quick. There on on points bet. There's a first Big Ten player to get taken. Heavy vig here, but it's it's a lock. So Chan being the first Big Ten player to be taken minus two seventy five. No one's taking Ibaji over him. Uh, I like that quite a bit. If you want to get be a gambler here, this is another one of my favorite bets. Probably my favorite plus money bet is Jeremy Sochan, uh, top ten two to one on DraftKings right now. Um, that should probably be closer to even money, if not if not probably a little bit favored. Typically, those top 10 bets, you don't get great value because they kind of just stuff like 14 guys in there. Um, but for some reason, they're a little low on Sochan. We've talked about it. You know, his his ceiling is probably even as high as seven, maybe. And then his mm-hmm. floor is probably like 12, 13. Uh, very much in his range of outcomes in the top 10. I think 200, two to one is, is you're getting really good value there. So, um, oh, yeah. If you can't tell, pretty high on and bullish on, on his, his prospects. I think that when teams see a wing that's that young, does so much well, went to a blue blood school, which Baylor pretty much is at this point. Um, and is clean in terms of personality, injury history. Those guys don't last very long in the draft. No, yeah, I agree with you. I think that is, that's very good odds uh, for him to be able to top 10. Those, yeah, pretty much from seven to 10, he, he's pretty much fair game. And I think, uh, you know, hopefully uh, the Spurs honestly take him. I would love to see him in the Spurs uniform running around. With Pop, so hopefully they don't take a trash ass backup Jalen Duran uh, over him, but we'll see. No, I'm with you. And the Spurs like their young guys too, um, and 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 uh, Sochan fits the bill. If I had to if I had to pick today who the Spurs are going to take, that's probably who I would go with uh, at nine, I should say. So uh, I'm a little bit surprised the Spurs aren't a move up team because they they really need some star power. But you know they they they've also drafted so well historically that maybe they don't feel like they need to. Yeah, I don't know. Like, who would who are you? And this was a question that I I asked you earlier today. Is like, what team do you think should try to package and move up? Because there's several teams with multiple picks in this draft in the first round. Um, so is there one team that you think could do it? Uh, to get, let's say, into, we'll say the top, we'll say the top seven. I think this. I mean, they're not going to do it, but if you're talking about who should, I think the Spurs are a really interesting team, just because you can get a guy like Shane Sharp, bring him into a good program, um, probably move up to, to six or seven to do it, um, and probably only have to go up the twenty fifth pick and, and nine. Uh, and then in, ter- in terms of that, I mean, OKC. You know, they're in a weird spot now at 2-12. and 12. They just gave up that 30th pick. Obviously, they have a million future picks to play with. Uh, apparently, they're looking at moving up from 9, or I'm sorry, from 12 uh, to move up for, for Ivy, maybe even up to 5 if, if he gets to that point. I think that'd be really interesting because I think it'd be really good for Detroit as well. Um, you know, as much as we like Ivy, I think that getting back to 12 and picking up future picks – you know, one kind of thing that GMs don't do well enough is is hoard picks for when your stars have to get paid, right? Because that's when you really when you need them. Um, I think Detroit would be wise to consider it. Uh, and obviously, get a good haul from OKC. So those are the teams that, that I like a lot. And it's also two teams that I think are never going to get a star outside of the draft, most likely, uh, just because of the market size. 
So OKC and San Antonio are two teams I really think want to. I think the teams in, from like 18 to 25 all want to try, but I don't think it's going to happen for any of them just because they're really not. You know, the Grizzlies are 22 and 29, but they've also drafted these role guys super well. And 22 and 29 maybe gets you to like 15 or 16. I'm not sure it's worth the jump. So um, those, oh, like I said, OKC and San Antonio are two teams I could I could see, you know, thinking about it. Uh, ultimately, though, honestly, if we if we were devoid of a big trade in this draft, in terms of like just picks alone, I could see a lot of veterans getting moved. Uh, but just picks for picks, I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't happen too often. Yeah, no, um, I, I think those are some good ones. Uh, yeah, Spurs definitely uh, love to see OKC. I mean, with their plethora of picks, would be awesome to be able to move up and get two top five guys. Um, but also, I uh, yeah, I think the Hornets, like we talked about, uh, which I work for now, uh, they should try uh, because they've been picking in the teams for way too long now. And if there's a guy that you love, um, there's only one guy on your roster that needs to be there, and yeah. that's Lamelo. Yeah. Um, so surrounding him with pieces that uh, can elevate his game is what they need to do. And now they know that. And with two picks, one in the lottery and one just outside the lottery, you have a little bit of room to be able to at least give somewhat of a compelling offer. Now, are they going to do it? Uh, Probably not. I don't know how high they would want to get or who they would be targeting, but I think they should at least try. To go That's all you can really ask for, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they, that's what they need. I mean, I think their fan base, especially, and kind of where they're at. Obviously, Lamelo, you know, got a couple years ago at three, but you know, before that, you know, they're picking the the PJ Washingtons at eleven and twelve, and and guys like that. You know, Miles Bridges. Um, you know, good players, but like, you know, how much are they moving the needle? No, yeah, absolutely. Not much. It'd be, it'd be cool if they found a single guy who cares about playing defense uh, that can also shoot the basketball. That would be kind of sick. That, that could be a good player for them. Yeah. 13 yeah. and 15 probably gets you to what? Six, maybe? Yeah. I, can, I think the Pacers yeah. taking that wouldn't be, it would be kind of interesting. But just because yeah. they're in a re- it's kind of a total rebuild would. here. But like, then who do you go after? Is it, you think it's Shaden Sharp? That they would Matherin. I think Matherin would be a great fit there. They yeah, no, no. I'd no, probably I just take him if I were the Pacers, but, you know, who knows yeah. what they think. I mean, so you move back to 13, right? You could get a guy – oh, gosh. Um, you know, you could, you could get – I don't know if Dang's going to fall that far, then we just kind of talk him up for a while like that. But you can get a guy like Mark Williams, probably the best – in our opinion, the best center prospect in this draft, and then maybe even like a, like a you know, Tari Eason type. Um, he's yeah. a really good guy. If you're not in love with with any of the guys outside that top five, maybe you do that. I don't know. So, just really depends. I, I really don't know. I mean, it's interesting because there's not like a chart like there was with football that kind of tells you, you know, what to kind of expect for a pick. Um, and it's just it's, so it's just and it's also really stupid the way that they do it, where the draft you can't really make live trades. All the trades are kind of on hold for a few weeks. Yeah, everything else gets sorted out. Um, they really kind of mess that up. I'm not sure why they do it that way, but. I also don't – I don't know what your opinion is. Quick aside, I'm not a fan of the Stepien rule, which for those who don't know doesn't allow you to trade picks in back-to-back years. I know in the 80s these GMs were really dumb. I get that. Why wouldn't you – like, why wouldn't you let – especially even for small market teams to say, hey, let's, we'll give you our next four first-round picks for the star who we would never get otherwise. Right. When you, when, you, when you disallow that, I think it really levels the playing field for bigger market teams, and I think it makes it harder. I also just think that it, that – you know, if there are dumb GMs, they should be taken advantage of, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Hire a better yeah. GM. So, exactly. I don't know whose interest that's in, um, but, you know, uh, neither here nor there. I think that that would make the, tra- the draft a lot more interesting, too. Um, also, would make it more of an arms race during the season. Sorry, I'm done now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. What do you think of this one? I have two team-specific picks here. I have the Knicks to take Johnny Davis at 7.5 to 1. I think 
So the only reason I'm, I'm, I'm more on Davis now, and this is on DraftKings, is I, I did read on Was I think it was Wasserman's mock today that the Knicks are cooling on the idea of taking the center a little bit. Could be bullshit. Um, just so Durant falls to them, or maybe they, 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 no one jumps them or whatever. Um, but Davis, 11 is a good spot for him. It fits what, what they they need, what they're looking for in terms of toughness and, and what Thibodeau will really like. Um, fits what the Knicks have drafted in the past, similar to a guy like Obi Toppin, a guy who's very productive in college, but maybe doesn't have the traits that you're looking for in the NBA at times. Um, I think 7.5 to 1 is a really good number for him. I, 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 if it's not Durant, I think it's Johnny Davis. Um, and the other one I like, cause only because it's been mocked a million times, is E.J. Liddell to the Bulls. It, it seems like too natural a fit. I think the Bulls are saying they want to package 18 and Kobe White to do something. No disrespect. 18 and Kobe White's not getting you anything. I'm sorry. Come on, man. Come I'm on. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was a Tar Heel. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think they're going to end up picking at 18. Um, they're not, they said they're not in love with a lot of people here, so I think they're just going to take the best role player available. I think that's E.J. Liddell at this case. 10 to 1 on DraftKings right now. You know, again, that's late in the draft to be projecting, I know, but like that's a really good number for a guy that's been mocked there almost in almost everything I've seen. Um, so I like E.J. Liddell to the Bulls quite a bit uh, at 10 to 1 odds. Um, and you only need to knock down one of those two. You don't need to put a whole lot of money on them uh, to make a pretty good profit on it. No doubt. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, Johnny Davis to the Knicks. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think. I mean, in my in my opinion, I don't think he should make it to that. But uh, yeah, the, I think the Knicks would be uh, uh, super ecstatic and would pick him if he were there at eleven. That's where my head's at. Is like he's not getting past eleven, right? And he's probably not going before eight. And then we've seen at eight um, that you know the Pelicans are more interested in a wing. Um, we've seen that the, the Spurs are, are, are more interested in young guys historically and don't really take take guards. I'm sorry, there's things they don't take guards. I've only taken guards, but mm-hmm. could probably use a wing uh, or maybe a, a bigger guy. Um, and then at 10, you know, again, Wizards historically have taken these young balls of clay. So I, I don't think Johnny Davis going 11 is out of the question at all or falling to 11 mm-hmm. is out of the question at all. And like you said, if, if he's there, I, I, I'd be very surprised with the Knicks pass line. So yeah. um, that that's really the kind of justification with that one. Um, so yeah, that, that's really where my head's at with that. Uh, I think both Wasserman and um, Gavoni had AJ Griffin there, but they both mentioned that that's probably the highest he would go, um, and that you know he might even fall even further because of the uh, uh, injury concerns, I should say. So you know, yeah, we will think- uh, we'll see. I think AJ Griffin is the only one that would kind of mess that up. Um, but other than that, no, I think it's pretty sound thinking as far as he's not going to go farther than that. <clears throat> if yeah. he, uh, if he does, then um, all those GMs in the late lottery should, should, uh, should get fired and look for jobs at, at uh, your local Home Depot. <laughs> So I actually just looked. Wasserman actually has your boy Malachi Branham mocked eleventh to the Knicks, which would be a massive, massive, uh, not massive reach. It'd be, it'd be a reach though, uh, for sure. He's he's RJ Barrett. Who? Malachi, Malachi Branham. Branham. He's a shorter RJ Barrett. That's a that's a mean thing to say about <laughs> RJ Barrett, man. Come on, come on. Um. No. I have a few left here. Do you have any any other ones that you want to want to? Uh, I share? don't have any uh, big glaring ones, um, but I want to hear yours. Okay, I have Liddell, EJ Liddell to go over Nikola Jovic at plus one twenty. I've yet to see a mock that has that flipped plus money there. Liddell has a lot of fans. Jovic has been working out for teams in the twenties for the most part. I think that's on purpose because he knows he's kind of going to go there. Uh, he was really milking that Nuggets interview because um, I think he's like, hey, 21, I would love to go with 20, as high as 21. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that Liddell going ahead of him uh, is, is very much um, not a lock, but I think a plus money. I, I would probably have this minus 150 if I had to price it out. Uh, Shane Sharp to go fifth. 
Um, if you especially, it's a nice hedge, especially if you take your over that you mentioned, that, that plus money, seven to one on FanDuel. Um, fills a need for them, you know, and, and if you're the type where you're like, okay, he's either going fifth or after seventh, and you want to take that over seven and a half, maybe a sprinkle on him to go fifth at seven to one on FanDuel is really an interesting idea. Uh, I think that number's just way too high. I, I'd probably have it closer to four to one. Um, so, you know, and he has been linked to Detroit in the past. Uh, and also Jake Nivey going fifth at Fandle, uh, on FanDuel three and a half to one. Another one where it's like, you know, if you really want to get specific with where this guy's going to go, if he doesn't go fourth, odds are great he goes fifth. Three, three and a half to one. I like both of those a lot. Um, I'd say Ivy at five is probably the most likely scenario at this point. So that those are really good numbers. That's a good number there, if you ask me. Um, and this one's just an injury play. Uh, I have Johnny Davis to go on points bet ahead of A.J. Griffin at minus 150. Um, I'm really buying these Griffin injury rumors. I'm a little bit scared of them. Um, he hasn't been working out. Uh, it's kind of um, – what am I trying to say? With the vigor the teams are looking for, apparently. Uh, hasn't really been, been uh, as impressed with Davis. You know, this is a guy who's going to kill every interview he's in. He's going to work hard. Teams are going to love him. Minus 150 on points, but I like that quite a bit. Uh, it's not the best value, uh, but I do I do like the idea uh, of fading Griffin wherever you can right now uh, until books catch up. So I think him slipping out of the lottery is a very, very real possibility. Yeah, no, I think, I think all the injury concerns are definitely real, um, especially with those two lower leg uh, type of injuries he had in high school and then beginning there at Duke where it took some time out of, of his beginning of his season. And he kind of slowly uh, got back into the lineup, came off the bench a little bit, and then uh, got back into the starting lineup. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think they're real. And, um, you know, those things always seem to, uh, un- unfortunately, just come back and you're more susceptible to those things uh, later on in your career. I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to sideline him and he's only going to be in the league for two years, but I mean, you know, that's, uh, that, that's something that I think teams are smart enough to take into account is obviously we got to, if we're going to pick you this high, you got to be on the court playing. Uh, and that's not at, you know, 75% it's, you know, we, we need you to play well now. And that's why they're in the top thing because they didn't have great seasons. So they need guys and they need stars. And so I've, I think we, both of us have been on that as far as AJ Griffin, you know, his actual concerns about health. Does he look slow? Is he really that even athletic? Uh, can he actually defend? So, um, I'm just glad that we were right again. When you say it all out like that, it is kind of bleak. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's just from watching him. And, and you know, I I think he's a good player. But I, I just see those things and I'm like, I don't – I'm not – you know, I get, you know, good young player, really shot it well, uh, you know, on a good team that made it to the Final Four. But – you know, when you take a bigger look at it, you know, I, I just don't see him as like a cornerstone guy. Yeah. And that's, that's what you need in the, in the lottery. Like, that's what you're looking for. I just, I don't see it. Well, and the thing that GMs are most scared of is their draft picks becoming just absolute busts, right? Like, that's oh, what gets yeah. you fired. You draft rotation players, you know, you, you can justify that, whatever, and, 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 say your owner, look like this, we just didn't have a high enough pick or whatever, whatever. Um, but with a, with a guy with injury concerns, injury concerns, number one, number two, not going to contribute much as rookie year as an 18 year old, just statistically never really happens. Um, and then on top of that, like you have to think like GMs or, or, or teams, you pick one guy, right? You don't pick a group of guys. You don't get, you know, multiple chances at this. You kind of say, okay, like, like I could see Charlotte saying, we'll take Griffin at 13, Mark Williams at 15. And so we have, we have one floor prospect, one upside prospect. That's 13th in the draft is where you're getting at that point. Maybe even, maybe even OKC at 12, right? Cause they already have so many picks to, to play with. I think that's really where he kind of starts coming into play as pick 12. Um, and like you said, like the Thunder can afford a bust, right? 
the Hornets can afford an upside play at 13 because they, they need a guy like that, right? But I think the top 11 teams, man, like they all either want guys with that are more sure, more healthy, more clean, uh, or ready, ready to contribute right now. I don't think anybody in that top 11 is saying, give me the super young guy who's not going to contribute right away with injury concerns, defense concerns, athleticism concerns. Um, he can shoot, but he's not going to do it this year because he's only 18. And like, when's the last 18-year-old to do anything in the NBA? You know what I'm saying? It's just, it doesn't happen. They end up coming in, they end up four years later being great, but year one, not so much. I wish I had the stat. I wish I had the stat in front of me, or maybe we can look it up as far as what his, because I think he shot 45% from three, which is great. That is awesome. But how many, or what percentage was spot up threes? I mean, yes, you need to be able to hit up spot up threes, but that's another concern for me as far as, What's his limitation on playmaking? Right. You know, if you want to, if you want a spot up shooter with your top ten pick, he better be Clay Thompson. Or, yeah. But he's not. This is, I don't. That's not. This is not the guy. I uh, mean, on low volume, he shot seventy nine percent from the free throw line, which is good. But it's not 90% elite level that you get from the guys that end up becoming elite shooters in the league, right? Um, which, again, I'm not criticizing an 80% free throw shooter. I'm saying that, that the idea that this guy is going to step in as an elite three-point shooter, uh, I have questions about that, similar to what you have. I mean, I love his form. I think eventually he'll, he'll, he'll get to the point where he is a very good shooter. But to your point, too, I feel like this is becoming an AJ Griffin-Rose session. I wasn't the intention, but I, this is kind of the point of, of fading him. Think about the last player to really fall because of injury concerns, right? Like high school injury concerns that kind of bled into college a little bit with Michael Porter Jr. Much, much better high school player. I mean, I think he was the number one guy in high school. Porter Jr., Harry Giles. Harry Giles, another one. And he fell to 15. uh, uh, Porter fell to 14. And they were much – I mean, Harry Giles was like a generational prospect. Michael Porter was a generational prospect. You know, those issues were a little bit more serious than what Griffin has, but there's still leg injuries that he's dealing with, um, or lower half injuries, which are always more serious, you know, and he's not the player that those guys were. And honestly, if you look at the history with that, Porter Jr. signed what might become the worst contract in basketball. He was very good when he was out there, but, you know, now it might be like, who knows how much you're going to get out of this guy. Harry Giles was a, was a horrible pick, respectfully. I mean, it's not their fault, it's their, you know, injuries and all that kind of stuff, but like right. – you know, I don't think that you get inspired by the guys that took chances on the injury and on the injured players, you know. Uh, and Griffin is not in their league as a prospect. So that's why I think him falling, I mean, really falling, is very much possible because you have to, as a team, talk yourself into getting over the injury concerns and then evaluating him as a prospect after that and then still saying, okay, he's the best guy despite the injuries and all the other concerns that we have with him. Exactly. Whereas with Porter Jr., you're talking about a guy who was like the prototype Still fell to 14, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, I'm with you, man. And uh, I just I, – I think that him going in the top 11 would really shock me. And if you can get a decent price on him falling out uh, or, or falling uh, past – like I said, I think anything over 11.5, hammer. Right now he's 10.5 but with pretty high juice on the over. I would still take it. Um, and then if you get like a, like a Davis versus Griffin thing like I saw here, hammer. Mm-hmm. That would be my advice to, to the betters out there. But but that's all I had that looked interesting to me. I mean, like I said, there will be more that come up as the draft comes on. We can, like, tweak those out or whatever. Um, bring them up, you know, a later date, whatever. So, but, yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of uh, the general gist of it to me is is fade a- <laughs> the, the, the summary here, I guess, is fade A.J. Griffin. Um, be higher on Matherin than maybe you were before. Uh, Keegan Murray at four, eight Ivy at five is a really interesting one. And then if you get a Jabari one, Chet two, Palo three, exacto. And I'll even go a step further and say Jabari one, Chet two, Palo three, Keegan four, Ivy five. If you can get something like that, you're probably getting 10 to one odds right now. Oh, yeah. That'll probably come out more next week, but keep an eye out for it. So. And then uh, show some love to Jeremy Sho- uh, Sohan. Socho, Socho. Yeah. How I forget him. So That's your boy. I know, I know. But. <clears throat> all right, brother. Yeah, that's all I have. And we're at 50 minutes right now. That's a pretty good length. Uh, oh, yeah. Anything else you want to add before we go? 
No, I think that was good. Yeah, there's going to definitely be some uh, some new ones that pop up here and there. Uh, and then, but, you know, that comes with these guys continuing with their workouts and whatnot and, and, and clearances, like medical clearances and interviews and bringing them back in. And so, you know, a lot of this stuff can change, be subject to change as far as if they're, they're rising or falling. But, uh, yeah, I think the ones that we covered are, are, are big ones and should be at least available on a lot of uh, sites. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And check your offshore books too. Typically they have shitty ass numbers on these kind of things. But I got to Keegan Murray six to one to go fourth not too long ago. And what was the other one I had? I think I texted you about one. Oh, I actually did take Dyson Daniels 12 to one to go fourth. I, I would not do that now. But he did work out for the Kings. So maybe you see like a 20 to one out there. The Kings are fun because you can justify any bet on them with, oh, with the yeah. draft. You can just say, you know what, it's the Kings. They might take them. But you know, try not to fall in that trap too much. Yeah, no. Uh, and you don't you don't feel bad losing money because you're like, well, you know, somebody else probably did it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, because when they, you know, when they when they take, you know, Walker Kessler uh, or, you know, Ty Ty Washington at four, you're like, oh, okay, I, my thought process was right. I just didn't get the guy right. <laughs> exactly. So. The, 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 I also actually there was one I saw that said Jovich top ten at like twenty five to one. And if you're just a really like Spurs international guy, whatever, Mine you do. know, I'm not saying to do it. I didn't say to do that, but you know, it's it's a thing. It exists. So. <laughs> and I will be taking that now. <laughs> Someone just one thousand bucks on Jovich to go top ten. Cool. That's all I got out of this. He's moving the line. Oh, All right, no, good shit, man. Uh, we'll, All right, we'll be back. We'll be back. Uh, well, we won't even be back next week because uh, Joe, you'll you'll be across uh, across the world. I will. I'll be on a scouting trip in Europe, uh, going to see some of the next. As the guy who discovered Luka Doncic, uh, Nikola Jokic, um, I've been sent out on another scouting assignment. Uh, to go find the next superstar. So I'll be doing that next week. Uh, preparation for the 2023 drafts. Let's go. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll need that. Um, so, yeah, we might have uh, our next one might be talking after the draft. Yeah, we'll do the, we'll do one the weekend after for sure. We might even try to stick one in next week. I don't know what this vacation is going to look like, so we'll see. But if anything big pops up that we feel like we have to spend an hour talking about, then we'll, we'll talk about it. But Oh, for sure. For sure. We'll make it happen. Yeah, or we'll just like tweet out screenshots of our text conversations about the <laughs> that can be the podcast episode. Podcast. Yeah, that would be well. We can do both. You know what? You know what we'll do. And someone with a really soothing voice reading our text messages out loud, like an audio audible audiobook, and we'll just post that <laughs> as the podcast. No, I love yeah. that. Okay, cool. All right, that works. But all right, brother. Um, till. Uh, Till next weekend. Um, good luck. Yes, sir. Good Let's luck go. to everybody betting. Um, gamble responsibly. All right, everyone.